Joining us on the line right now from Packers.com, our good friend Wes Hodkowitz. Always good to do Wednesdays with Wes, this time on a Monday. Wes, what's going on? Excited to be here, Greg. How are you doing, bud? I'm, I'm doing well. There really is no offseason here in the NFL. I, I thought Ted Thompson's comments were somewhat interesting today, and we know Ted is somewhat guarded when speaking about the roster and, and decisions that are about to be made, but in regard to the running back position, Thompson admitted, we need more bodies. Now, I don't know where it's going to happen, free agency or the draft. Who knows? Maybe both. Uh, but I thought his comments, nonetheless, were, were interesting. It tells me that Ty Montgomery, Don Jackson, and Christian Michael, I, those aren't the guys yet, even though they'll be involved. Yeah, and, and Aaron Ripkowski, too, uh, as we saw last year with him carrying the ball a little bit, uh, factoring in that equation. It was interesting, as you said. I mean, with Ted Thompson, you know, he's never going to give his real hand away in terms of what he's thinking, but... He pretty much acknowledged, I think, what everybody can really understand and, and appreciate is that the Packers do need to add another running back into this equation. You can't lose Eddie Lacy, and obviously James starts with what he did, and then you know just not not replace those guys. Kristen Michael coming back gives you a piece. I think everybody's seen what Ty Montgomery can do, but potentially who could be that guy that could step up and be the next guy uh, is going to be the question. Now, whether or not that happens in free agency, uh, he wasn't touching the Adrian Peterson situation, <laughs> but uh, you know, obviously the draft too has been an area where they've had success. So a lot of different options for them depending on which direction they want to go. Uh, I thought the biggest thing, though, as you said, is just the fact that uh, they are keeping the door open and they they are acknowledging that you know we're going to need some more guys to get this thing settled. So what has been the biggest surprise move for you, Wes, this entire offseason, whether it's a player who left or a player who came to Green Bay. Uh, so far, I mean, Martellus Bennett has been the biggest surprise. Uh, you know, that whole situation and how that unfolded, I think everybody thought that Jared Cook would be back. I thought Jared Cook would be back. Uh, that situation worked itself out, and it turned out that Martellus Bennett, at least as Ted Thompson, and saw it as the best option for them moving forward. And I, I mean, there were so many guys, I'm sure you can remember this too, uh, so many fans that were saying, hey, Martellus Bennett, when the Bears were going to trade him, this makes so much sense. Why don't the Packers do it? I never anticipated them uh, giving up a draft pick to acquire him, but at the same time, and, not, and also not to say that the Bears would have traded him to a division opponent, but, uh, I, I mean, it did make a lot of sense. Martellus Bennett is exactly what you look for in a playmaking tight end, and he's also a pretty darn good blocker. So uh, for him coming in, uh, seeing how exactly he'll, he'll sort of uh, – get familiar with this offense I don't think is a big question and, and Thompson said today too he sees him as kind of a renaissance man he believes he'll fit in well with this locker room so uh, that's probably the one when you go back and look at this a lot of big moves that were made but uh, him coming to Green Bay is probably the one that surprised me the most. Wes Hotkowitz at Packers.com joining us here on Sports Central. I think the move that surprised me the most was Micah Hyde, and not so much that he got away, but the money that he received. I understand sure. why the Packers maybe didn't want to spend that much money, that much cap space on the player, but it started to kind of dawn on me, and what we talked about last year so often was, boy, they just explosiveness and speed. It seems like they could use a little bit more in certain areas. I wouldn't classify Hyde as explosive or overly fast. I don't think he's an island cornerback on the left or right side. But there is something to be said about his ability to know what's coming next. And I thought he was very good at sifting through traffic and getting the most out of his intelligence on the field and instinct. Are the Packers going to miss that, or can that be supplemented with maybe somebody who has a little bit more speed? Yeah, absolutely terrific question, Greg. And it was something I addressed uh, with our insider inbox thing that we do with our website. 
because uh, a lot of people ask me the same thing. How do you fill the void of Micah Hyde? And I don't think it's an easy question to answer because of just how different of a football player he was. As you mentioned, the speed, the 40 time, that was something that followed him coming out of Iowa. But he showed with his intelligence and, and his savviness and instincts that he could really still be an impactful football player. And I look at him now going to, to Buffalo. I felt for a long time he could be a starting free safety in this league. I'm not exactly sure what their thoughts are going to be or how they're going to go about using him, if he's still going to be in that that hybrid-type role, potentially. Uh, but as far as the Packers are concerned, and, and there's a lot of guys in this draft that could potentially help him in that capacity, but I think Morgan Burnett uh, and their utilization of him is going to be really important moving forward and in him potentially playing more in that star position in the nickel and the dime uh, cornerback roles. I think that was a very effective role for them. And then also playing them in the line of scrimmage as a nickel linebacker as well. Uh, when you talk about versatility, it's something the Packers have really maximized with their defense defenders these past few seasons. And while I think you still need to add another cornerback into that mix, I think Morgan Burnett's another guy, too, that gives you an option uh, in terms of you know, if you need to move somebody around like they did with Hyde the past few seasons. Well, as I look and in, in kind of analyze where the Packers are here in a variety of positions, yeah, we know Clay Matthews is going to kind of move all over the place. I still think, personally, he's the best inside linebacker on the roster, and uh, he was incredibly effective when he went back outside last year. He ultimately got hurt, uh, but the Packers also have lost guys like Julius Peppers and Dayton Jones, and they could use a little bit of help there. Okay, not a problem. They could also use a little bit of help in the secondary. They also need another running back. I mean, you can always point to the draft and say, well, the draft is coming up in April, but how much can logically be you know, spent on the draft and draft choice and help plugging holes, but also getting impact players, guys who can step in in year number one? Yeah, you kind of wish you could accelerate all those compensatory picks to this year's draft class instead of next year's. Uh, but, yeah, it's a big it's a big quandary, and I think one of the reasons why you saw the Packers move them, make the moves that they have uh, this offseason is probably somewhat because of that, the fact that they did sign two pre-agent tight ends in Bennett and Lance Kendricks. Well, then suddenly that doesn't become an issue. And also, if you look historically, it's been really difficult for a rookie tight end to come in the league and have a really impactful first season. It usually takes a season two, sometimes three, to really truly develop well, you kind of solved an issue there. You re-signed Nick Perry. What does that outside linebacker group look like if you don't have him back uh, right now? J. Ron Elliott is back in that equation. So I think they're betting on their younger guys outside. Kyler Fackrell looking for him to make a jump. Potentially you can add another guy in the draft there. But now with those guys being back in Clay Matthews' versatility, you don't necessarily have to marry yourself to an early-round draft pick. Defensive line, you, you, you now you bring in Ricky Jean Francois. I mean, there are a lot of different potential for this group. The one area where maybe there is the biggest question mark is that right guard spot, just because I don't think there's a traditional guy that's sitting there waiting in the wings like, you know, Lane Taylor was last year. But, you know, a lot of different possibilities for them, depending on who's already on the roster and how they want to proceed in the draft. And that's going to be one of those things we're just going to have to wait and see how exactly it unfolds. Yeah, seven minutes into the interview, we haven't even talked about guard, right? I mean, it's, <laughs> I don't know how we did that. So uh, yeah, this, to me, remains a bit of a mystery, and, we talked about this uh, on the program a couple of weeks ago, and, and it was trying to identify a suitable replacement and where would that player come from, draft free agency or on your roster. I don't know the answer to that question. As I look at ideas on the roster, I, I can't help but wonder if if you're trying to force fit a, a tackle into that position and can you get away with doing X versus Y. And, and that kind of has me a little bit nervous, Wes. I, I don't know what the end result is here, but... But that guard position has become more and more important in the NFL, and I think you're seeing it with the money being doled out. 
there's some big dudes standing across the other way, and it's not just tackles that need to get paid. Right, absolutely. I think that's been the biggest eye-opener that, you know, it always was like left tackle, that sets the market for those guys, the blind side protecting your quarterback. Well, then suddenly the right tackles were making a little bit more. Now you see these Pro Bowl, all-pro type guards making big money uh, with Kevin Zeitler this year. I can't imagine what Zach Martin is going to make when he hits free agency. I believe that's next year. A lot of questions that, you know, teams like Dallas are going to have to answer where they have a lot of top-the-line interior linemen. From the Packers' perspective, I thought they made a really good move last year doing a two-year deal with Lane Taylor. He would have been an unrestricted free agent this year as well um, because you have to remember, he was just a restricted guy last year. The Packers ended up working a contract with him rather than just doing the tender. So uh, he played really well in that position. Now the question is, is who's the next guy that could step up? Uh, the, the lines have sort of blurred a little bit. You look at, like, um, I think, what is it? Is it Britt? I'm trying to think of his first name from the Seattle. He was a tackle for them for a while. Last year, he ends up being their starting center. He's six foot four, not your traditional type center, but he was successful. Uh, so I, I don't know. Could, could Kyle Murphy fit into that spot? Potentially. You know, Jason Spriggs, I think McCarthy was pretty upfront that they view him as a tackle. I'm guessing he would still get a chance to compete. Don Barclay's back, Lucas Patrick from the practice squad, and also potentially with the draft. A lot of different avenues to look at, um, and, and certainly a number of options the Packers are going to have to wait to replace T.J. Lyons. About a month away from the NFL draft from Philadelphia. We'll have a lot of coverage, of course, of that event, and you can also check out Wes Hotkowitz's work online at Packers.com. Wes, I always appreciate your time, man. We'll check in again down the road as we get closer to the draft. Absolutely. Thanks, Greg. Yep, you bet. Wes Hotkowitz from Packers.com.